Sometimes I just don't know what to do with myself. Sometimes that I think that I can do things on my own, but in all reality, I can't. I need you every single day of my life. It took me this long to figure it out, Father God, but now I know I can't do it on my own. Trapped in my mind, can't find my way out Crossroads are everywhere Go left, but should I go right? Can't seem to find my way there Every time that I overthink I seem to go down this same path Like the devil's talking to me Saying that I will never last That's why I come to you on my knees And submit myself to your glory I'm asking cause I can't do this, Lord I need you to rewrite my story I need you to take away all the pain like the That I'm always yeah. stuck feeling I need you to take this mind of mine And begin to start healing I wanna be the one that's close to you And feel everything that you all right hey everybody welcome to background check podcast i'm your host jaden gum where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back it should pay you back uh also brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with the past realize their future also brought to you by the way back the, the way, way back the way back is a re-entry program here in the dallas fort worth area and um they're personal friends of mine and so if you're getting out if you're getting out in the Dallas area and you, you're getting out of prison, Dallas, uh, jail, prison, whatever, and you need reentry services, th- this is the one of the best places to call. Uh, TJ and Katie and Heather will get you hooked up with anything you need, okay? Uh, they'll have job connections. They'll help you even get housing, uh, point you in the right direction, temporary housing, rentals. They, uh, you know, we can help with that too. But uh, we work hand-in-hand with them and... Uh, they, they they work a lot like we do. They build the relationship. They build, uh, Jessa, they build the relationship up. And uh, I'm doing all kinds of stuff here. Yeah. It's crazy. We haven't huh? done this in a long time. I, mean, I like... know. I know. We haven't had our, we finally got our, our. Uh, new. Uh, uh, we had to replace the Roadcaster Pro uh, with a new soundboard. Tazcam. Come on, Tazcam. For the win. Tazcam for the win. Yay. Um, but. Anyway, the way back is amazing. They're amazing. The graphic is on the screen now. It'll be on the screen at the end of the show. Give them a call when you get out, all right? Even have your family call now. I know one of our guys, former residents, Daniel, he's been gone for a couple of years. Um, he's the one that proposed on the on the video. Oh, yes. Yeah. On the, uh, did you see the video? No, but it okay. sounded pretty cool. So, uh, so, yeah, Daniel, his family called the way back, and that's how they found out about us. So uh, they, they refer us. We refer them. So... Yeah, Jessa, they're a good reentry program. Mm-hmm. And again, call them, get their number, get their address, write them, call them, whatever, get your family started on it now. And um, and yeah, it's going to be a good show. We got mm-hmm. Cody Ford from Worthy Ooh. People in the house. So, but we got some announcements to make. And uh, we're just, you know what? Do we want to? Let's just keep that playing in the background. What do you think? Yeah, I really like that. Let's keep it playing. You know, I, I'm a little excited for this episode. I've heard of Cody Ford, but only when you are calling him or when he's calling you on the phone. Oh, yeah. You're in the car a lot whenever... Uh... He calls you. Yes, you are. So, we'll let it play a little bit in the background. This is Mark Jones. We're about to have him on the show? We're about to get him on the show here in about a month or so. And uh, he's a correction officer for TDCJ. He's got a great story. And so, he also happens to have great music. So, we're going to have him on the show. Uh, it's great. And then we got Exodus coming up. After Cody, but you know what? We just had uh, Carla, Doctor Carla Evans, mm-hmm. and Veronica on the show, and uh, we need you to go. We don't know what's going on with uh, with uh, the Pando app. All right, the Pando app is not playing some of our episodes 
when you subscribe, it's not sending them to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems to be episode 139, 141, and 143. So those are not even showing up on my subscribe subscription, you know, to my Pando mm -hmm. uh, account. So we're getting some some uh, letters from some of you inmates that are from inmates across the nation that are saying, um, I "Can't see these." My, thank you, Michael Gowen, um, for because it's not showing up. Even Cody said, "Hey, when are you going to put something out?" And I said, "We did," and uh, he says, "Not showing up on my feed." So, so anyway, I don't know. I've sent them a trouble ticket, and we'll see if they fix it. But in the meantime, we'll just keep pressing on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, spread the word. Episodes one thirty nine, one forty one with Jason Head did seventeen years in prison, I think, uh, and then this recent one, one forty three, with Dr. Carla Evans and Veronica Tetterton. They are former federal inmate counselors, and that's how they met, and now they have a virtual online counseling uh, service business and it's amazing it's amazing plus me and jessa and jimma do the announcements during a storm and we freak oh my goodness out. it literally looked like a lightning was flashed literally outside <laughs> of a shed it's crazy it's yeah it was it was literally we were watching out the window and a, a big thing of lightning just went anyway it, it was fun. Us so much <laughs> it was fun um so the other thing i want to do is uh i want to I want to say thank you to Gabby and Maria. They are our recent um, interns, if you will, yeah. volunteers. And they are just, they're working hard. They're working overtime to try to respond to the letters that need to be responded to. Uh, we are trying to get all the applications to Brother Steve for him to send out uh, or send to Securus. Don't forget, you need to send, uh, fill out that form for an I-60 to the, excuse yeah, me, right. to the mailroom. And have them print the application out. Uh, at the same time, if you are getting an acceptance letter package from us after you fill out the application and we accept you, then uh, you got to do the same thing. So, mm -hmm. a lot of printing out, a lot of extra thing. I Five hear sixty to the mail. Yeah, room. I hear. Have them printed out. Give them to you. I hear they're behind, and uh, and yeah, because we all you went system wide on all in one, pretty much all in one day. So uh, so they're behind. So everybody writing saying, "Where's my application? Where's this?" We did get some sent back to us. Because it was sent right around that time, so we are sending them back through Securus um, because we sent you all the, um, you know, the. Uh... Anyway, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, Gabby Maria, thank you so much. Thank you, y'all. You're gonna if you write in, okay? They're I think they're working through May and June and part of July right now. So if you get a letter from them, you know, just thank them, thank them. They're part of our. You'll say, you'll see if it's from them. It says for uh, FF Correspondence Team. So, um, but they're, they're helping us because you can see, let me see here. It's a lot of work to get all yeah. those letters. All these, this, this was just today. This was like literally we were in the car and he came back. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot of letters. That's just today. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're behind and, and, uh, lots, uh, a third of these are applications. So we, we're getting all those to you. Anyway, uh, you can see I'm representing the Rangers. Rangers. Go Rangers. Rangers we're are back in. out of their slump. <laughs> And, and are, guess what? The Astros the got Astros. into the slump. Now the Astros are in a slump, right? And uh, I think the Astros and Mariners are playing now. They're hopefully they'll beat up on each other and just we'll extend our lead. Uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to oh, uh, let's see, was there something else? The softball, softball game. game. Yeah, softball game last night. They lost again, but they lost. We a, had such a high-scoring game. Yeah, it was, it was 15, 15 to 16. To 16. Yep. That's a very high-scoring. They high won. Scoring. They won on the last inning. 
uh, by scoring one more run than we did. We had it tied in the, in the top of the last inning. And uh, Jessa got a two-run, two-RBI double. Come on, Jessa. Two-RBI. That means she hit it out in the outfield, got a double, and knocked knocked in two runs. So and she got a walk too. So she she went she was on base both and times. And I did really good on first base. Yeah, you did. I even woke up this morning with literally a strained calf, I think. Something, yeah. Because yeah. she's learning how to stretch on first yeah, base. Yeah, I had ball. I had a crazy stretch on first base, and I woke yeah. up and I was like, oh my gosh, that hurts so bad. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? Thank you to everyone who's writing. Uh, I promise I'm still reading a lot of them as well. But I needed I needed to recruit help, and uh, so I still correspond with who I can, you know, by by Securus. But uh, anyway, um, you know, let, let's let's go right into a little devotion about your softball game. You know, uh, we haven't had very much luck, right, on softball being. And on... it's not because we're a bad team; it's because we have bad umpires. Well, and and there's yeah, your your team is not the most experienced either. Yes. So so compared to all the other teams, you yeah. do. You're not as good, and so, uh, so Jessa is learning how to uh, compartmentalize her emotions by putting them in little boxes and uh, and not letting it affect her game. And uh, we're teaching her how to do that. But she she'll hold her tears till the end of the game, but then she'll just start crying, and cause she hates to lose, right? Yes, I hate to lose but too. Don't not... ever hate to. Don't ever yeah. don't ever quit hating to lose. All right. If you hate to lose, that shows your appreciation for whatever you lost at. Yes, and 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 it means you're doing it with passion. It means you're doing it all in. You're going all in, and uh, and 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 it's okay. I mean, everything. You look at the Bible. The Bible's competitive. Winning isn't everything, but losing. If you just want to lose and you don't want to win, that's not. I a know, good, right? It's not like, the heart of a warrior. It's yeah. not the heart of any in, uh, competitor. And uh, even David wanted to compete against Goliath, you know. <laughs> In fact, he said, "What's my prize if I win?" So you know, do it for a prize. And uh, and so she was she was down a little bit the last couple of games. A little bit. Uh, mm. And uh, but she's learning. We had to talk about what you can control and what you can't control, right? What can what what can you control during a softball if game? If I catch the ball at first. Whether you catch the ball at first, but you can't control. How, how well they throw the ball, throw the right? Ball to you. So you can only control that to, to the degree that it's within your capability. Mm-hmm. That's important too. If it's within your capability to to control, then make sure you do it, right? Because mm-hmm. if they throw the ball to you and you just stand there and don't put your glove up, mm-hmm. you're not doing what you can control, yeah. right? Uh, she jumped so high on this one. Oh my goodness, it was so high. She couldn't see it. She couldn't see how, how close she got to it. She jumped so high that she, I mean, she was literally that close to it. And uh, so I'm so proud of her. Uh, what are some things you, other things you can't control in a softball game? If the pitcher pitches strikes. Whether you get a ball that you can hit, right? Mm-hmm. I hate it when, honestly, the I hate it when I, like, stri- when I get strike out. But, like, I also hate when I get walked because that just means that I don't, I don't get to hit the ball. Right. Know? I love hitting the ball. Yes, and you're good at it. She hit, hit into the outfield last night. And uh, so that was good. But... Uh, what can what else can you can you control? Um, you can control your emotions. You can control your emotions. You can kind of control how well where you throw the ball, when you throw mm-hmm. the ball. You can control when you swing, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have to swing. No. Uh, you can control your emotions when you're cheering for the for your friends. Mm-hmm. You can control what, what else can you can can you not control? Can't control those people. Other people. The people. 
in in the in the blue and gray. The umpires. <laughs> you know, and this is this hits home for me too. I gotta learn to control myself. I can control he, myself. He almost got kicked out last yeah. night. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I, no, yeah. He said if you don't shut up, I'm gonna send you to the truck. <laughs> I don't know how he knows I drove a truck unless he was stalking <laughs> me in the in the parking lot. I don't know how he knows that. But uh but yeah, a little young kid. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like he's there for a paycheck and not really there to help you, mm-hmm. you girls win. But um, I, I just started reading the book Killing Kryptonite by John Bevere, and I'm in the first three chapters, and and I'm already seeing that I got some kryptonite <laughs> in me while I'm watching these uh, softball games. So, like literally, but, it's ten you. Like ten you don't have to be that hard on it. Ten and under, yeah. And so she's learning. She's learning how to uh, keep her head up. You know, she's learning how to um, lose graciously. And, uh, but also not lose that desire to win. Don't ever lose your desire to win, whatever it is, win in business, win in relationships, win in everything. Don't lose your desire to win. Cause in the end, that's what Christianity is all about. Cause we win in the end. Mm-hmm. If we lost, <laughs> Islam loses, Buddhism loses, everything loses Christianity. If you believe in Christ, you win. I know I'm going to get some letters, you know, that say, oh, what about, you know, this, that, and the other. But, you know, we're a faith-based program. We're a Christ-centered program, not just faith-based. We're we're Christ-centered program. When people call our transitional house faith-based, I say, no, we're Christ-centered. And uh, so anyway, um, anything else we need to talk about, Jessa? Oh, uh, by the time y'all see this, it'll be two days after. But Gemma, we had to take Gemma to urgent care today. She had a, she got home from school and her ear just started hurting so bad. And, uh, so, so yeah, but listen, it ended up being strep, strep strep throat and an ear, a sinus infection, ear infection. So, so, uh, it's going to take her another couple of days to get over it. So y'all, by the time you see this, keep praying and, um, thank you for y'all's prayers. And Hey, listen, when, when you send us a prayer request, you bet you better believe me and Gabby and, and Maria are on it. They they text me and go, Hey, we gotta pray for so and so's mom, sister, family. So, uh, and again, listen, don't write your whole story. Don't write your whole story. Because if you want an application, you're just gonna have to write it back down on the account. Yeah, especially if you're wanting an application, write a neat application on the front of the envelope. Do it on the front so when we're sorting through it, we can see it on the front. You can write it down in the left hand corner, bottom right hand corner, anywhere we can see it so we can differentiate. Yeah. Um, but don't, don't write your whole life story. And then at the end, tell us we need an application. Tell then, us like, at the beginning so we can get that thing to you now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? Cody Ford. Cody Ford is coming up and, uh, Cody's from Worthy People. I know y'all know who he is. Uh, I like their intro. Yeah. They got a good song. They got a really good song. And, uh, we, we actually play. Well, they'll, they'll hear it. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Um, worthy people. Cody's a great friend. I've been on his podcast when it was just audio and, uh, and now he's been, now he's on ours. And so we're, we're honored to have him, um, still trying to get worthy people to on the show too. I know they're just as busy as all um, us and Cody and we're all doing great work for the kingdom of God. We're all doing great work. We're all sharing the gospel. We're all sharing Jesus. And, uh, and, and they're playing music and the guys love that. And we'll, we'll, we'll do a little when, when a guest of ours comes on that has music, we'll play some, but, um, Just like we did. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Teasing him, teasing his episode. And then we got Exodus coming up. We're going to be playing some of his music as well. So, uh, but Cody, Cody and Julia are dear friends. Uh, I just love them to death. They're, they're the most genuine 
uh, honest people I've ever I've ever met inside mystery, uh, ministry. Sometimes ministry can be competitive. Uh, sometimes people want to win in ministry over another ministry, and that is sad. That is sad. We're not competing, y'all. We're we're all on the same team. We're all here for the same goal. We're all here, fishers of men. We all have different bait. Uh, we're all we're all salt, and we just have different shakers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, right? That's a good way to put it. I mean, how, I mean, how many salt shakers we got, mom got in there? We got one that you push the button, then one. We got you, one where you like you crank it, and then one yeah. you just turn it over. Yeah. And then one you. And the one you can scoop, scoop it. out of a bowl. So different, all the same salt, just different salt shakers. So we're, we're supposed to be spread the salt of the earth. And uh, so, so yeah, if somebody's doing, doing their salt a little different than you, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. They're, you're not, they're not your competition. They're complimentary you in the kingdom of God and advancing the, the gospel. All right. So we, we celebrate, uh, other, other ministries that are on here. All, well, it's all ministry, I guess, but the ones we're, we're close to and love Mike Barber ministries, worthy people. Uh, we love real, real Vita, even Jeremy and, and Chris and, Oh, sorry. I forgot the other lady's name. <laughs> um, Oh, if you listen to real Vita, get ready, man. Uh, Trey nine is going to be on there. I saw them on the, on the stories on Facebook today, they're going to be on there. That's going to be, it should be a good episode. Anyway, make sure you listen to Yuri Laquette, uh, Crypt to Christ. He's got some good wisdom, some knowledge. He's on audio and, uh, make sure you listen to social Dallas. Oh, Oh, the last couple of weeks of social Dallas. Yes. I was the, in there. I was together, in there. all together, one service, kids and everybody, both services, just one service. And, uh, more than I came for is a, is good. It, it, I think it's already trending. Um, speaking of, we, we love it when we trend, but we're not here to trend. We're not here to trend. We're here to make sure that one, that one, that one person hears an episode and hears about Jesus and it turns their life around. And even if you're that one, you're that one, whether we ever make top 10, whether we ever make whatever it, it, we celebrate when we do, but we're here for you. And we're not just here for you on the video. When you get out, all right, uh, if y'all watch episode 143, you'll see the recap video of our North Texas Giving Day. Um, we had Vincent, Vincent Ragsdale, was at the Kyle unit, and uh, and he, he, he's he been keeping in touch with me since he got out in March. I tell everybody to call me, and some do, and some don't. But he's been calling me and bugging me and says, hey, I'm going to come I'm gonna come to that event. And he came, and we had a snow cone together. We broke bread together, and uh, love you, Vince. Love you, Vincent, and uh, he's doing great, man. We're going to collaborate on some other stuff and get him on the show as well. But um, but we're here for you when you get out. When you get out, no matter where you are, okay? We don't want you just to be entertained or inspired on the inside right now with this video. We want to be there for you in a in a mighty way when you get out, all right? So we love you. Uh, you want to pray? You don't want to pray? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for uh, this platform. Thank you for Jessa. Lord, we lift up little Gemma to you right now, Lord. Heal her ear. Heal that infection, that strep, Lord. We thank you that it's not contagious. She's already past that phase. Lord, we thank you for softball. We thank you for parole. Lord, we lift up everybody that's on parole right now. We lift up everybody, everybody right now, Lord. I think there's still about 20 units on lockdown. We, uh, we lift them up to you, Lord. We lift everybody. We thank you for the ones that have come off. We thank you for the G5. Lord, we heard Polunsky G5 just got tablets. Lord, we know I think the Hughes unit got them. I think I think the win. Uh, Lord, more, more units, G5 population, are being able to hear 
about you. And we thank you for that, Lord. We lift up all the people who need a touch in their body right now. If you need a touch in your body, I want you to I want you to lift your hand, put your hand towards the tablet. And Father, we just join our faith with whoever's touching the tablet right now. Whenever it is, they listen to this. Even if they listen to it a second time, Lord, we ask you to, we join our faith, Lord, with yours, the kingdom of heaven, healing come on earth as it is in heaven to this person, whatever they need in their body, the touch of, of God, the healing power flow through them right now. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we ask you for your protection over the inmates. The inmates, Lord, they, there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that we don't know about, but we do know about. So we ask you to protect the inmates. Protect the ones that are being unjustly beaten up and raped. And protect the ones that, uh, protect the ones that, that need to be protected, Lord. And convict the ones that need to be convicted. We love you, Lord. We thank you for softball. We thank you for uh, coming off lockdown. We thank you for G5 tablets. We thank you for Gabby and Maria. We thank you for my wife and Gemma. And, and we thank you for this ministry. We thank you for worthy people, Crypto Christ, Real Vita. We thank you, Lord, for all the ministries, Mike Barber, all the ministries that are pouring into the inmates, not only uh, going in, but also when they come out, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We pray that people hear this episode and they enjoy it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll take you back out and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you. Uh, I don't know. This will probably come out. I don't know. Y'all have a good weekend. Oh, we're going to Houston. Ooh. I forgot to talk about that. I'm going to Houston. I'm taking all this equipment and we're going to go down there and we're going to record about six podcast episodes. Wow. Uh, Johnny In Rodriguez. Johnny Rodriguez is coming on. You haven't met Johnny Rodriguez. J-Rod. Uh, used to be in prison, and uh, he's kind of a TikTok sensation now. Whoa! And uh, and and yeah, man, he said that he he said that he uh, listened to our podcast and he was so inspired. So we can't wait to get him on. And then uh, we're having some some round twos on uh, Brian Kelly from PEP, and one of his guys are going to be on back on. We're going to have Twan and his wife. Twan's married Ooh, now. We're going to have his yes. wife come on. And uh, then Tyler and Olivia. Yeah, Twan and Olivia, and then Tyler Botany. Um, it, who would just be Tyler Coleman, strong girl. Oh, yes. So uh, she got again? married. We're going to have her on again, but she opened up her home, her women's home. Ooh, She's got a, okay. a women's home just like God, daddy has, a, a men's home. So, and we're going to talk to her and uh, and get to tour her house and all that. Ooh. So it's going to be fun. With you? And then, no, you can't. And then we're going to have a couple, a few guys from the Lockhart work facility that I was, that daddy was locked up with. Mm-hmm. We're going to have them all on and we're going to chop it up a little bit and have a good time. And then on Sunday at noon, I get to go watch the Steelers lose to the Texans. I'm just kidding. They're going to win. They're going to win. All right. Hey, appreciate y'all. Listen, go listen to episodes one, 139, 141 and 143. We love y'all and uh, have a good, don't let your background hold you back. Make it pay you back. Make it pay you back. See ya. Yes, I know that God is by my side. Keep the faith every day I pray. The only way I could survive. Yeah, no matter what you're going through, he'll never leave you. His love is eternal. Welcome to Worthy People. Yeah, coming straight up. Wait, what? Welcome to Worthy People? Hey, everybody. This is welcome. Background Check. <laughs> welcome to Background Check Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Jaden Gum, and uh, today is the, the most special episode that I've done in a while. We have Mr. Cody Ford. 
What's up? I'm glad to be here. Cody, what's going on, dude? Man, I'm I'm excited for this episode. People are like, man, what happened to this guy? I if you're watching this and can hear me, I've been kidnapped <laughs> by the by forgiving felons. You're in the uh, you're in a shed in my backyard. Yeah, call, please help. <laughs> hey, but we got good coffee, right? Yeah, we got good coffee. And uh I came up here, I had to rep the the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we're coming up off a win, depending on when you're watching this, but uh, yeah, you know, just because I know how much J. Dan loves the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Hopefully by the time this airs, which should be the end of September, uh, hopefully the Cowboys will have a few more losses and the Steelers oh, will have no. a few more wins. I bind it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cody, welcome, dude. How are you doing? I'm good. I was in the area, and we actually have had this plan for, for a few months now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get to... You know, my wife isn't here. I love my wife, but yeah. my wife, you know, she she sometimes she takes over and dictates yeah. um, what the episodes are um, on, on on worthy people. So I'm just glad it's just the guys, just you and me. <laughs> yes, and yes, if my wife's yes. watching this, I love you. Okay, <laughs> what's love got to do with it? <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> that's a great episode. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't seen that episode, you need to go watch it. You need to yeah. go watch it. All right, man. Hey, you know, dude, when you before you even had a video episode. You posted that podcast trailer, and I loved it. And I was one of those fifty thousand views that it got, like in that first week. Uh, and so I just want to, I just want to go through that. Yeah, you know, we played a little bit of it, and then now, now it talks about you personally. And I want you to just, just for a little bit, walk us through what all these things mean. But then we'll get into them deeper later on in the episode. Okay, so uh, sounds here, good. Here. The projects, it was hard growing up, born dead as an infant. Mother Okay, first thing I want to first thing I want to do is is uh, growing up in the projects. Now, when a white boy like me and you says projects, it, 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 I think it means a little something different than when people than uh, African American friends that I have yeah. when they say projects. Dude, I've been to their projects, and it ain't nothing yeah. like the project I grew up in. So, tell everybody about where yeah. you grew up and, and and what that looked like, and then and it did say born dead as an infant. Talk uh, about that real quick. I grew up in Bonham, um, Bonham? North Texas. Dude, I yeah. lived in Bonham for a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, at the Buster Cole unit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. We got to Joyce Moore and Buster Cole in my hometown. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, that's a, you know, that little town. I uh, grew up raised by my grandmother. I mean, the projects, they weren't no fifth wards in Houston right, or anything right, like right. that. Um, but yeah, it was a little rougher compared yeah. to most Government areas. assistance, all yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's still projects. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, and then let's see. Let's see. Uh, born dead. What is that? How are you born dead? Born dead as an infant. Yeah, my mom, she was a crack addict when I was born. I'm from all the drugs she did with okay. me. And, it, you know, being, being was born black, blue, purple. I had to be care flighted and uh, was born dead. I mean, it looked okay, like, so the, you had no it looked heartbeat. like the end at the beginning. <laughs> and, 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 and you had no heartbeat, and, and was this condition, being born dead, was it because a result of her yep. drug use? And, I mean, you, you were born basically on all the same drugs she was on, right? Yeah, 1,000%, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, wow, that's crazy. Now, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and, yeah. and, and how all that went down. Um, okay, so. Addicted to drugs, coming in and out of foster care. He was stuck in a system after doing. Okay, that foster care system that you yeah. were stuck in. Yeah. What was that like, man? When did you enter foster care? And just real quick, when did you enter foster care and how how did that impact your life? Yeah. 
Yeah, I entered uh, foster care around 10, 11 years old and uh, went through 10 foster homes the first year. And oh, my gosh. Just I was the troubled kid. So like, like almost every, every month, almost every month you were in yeah. a different – wow. Yeah, I was difficult. Wow, you were difficult? I just wanted to go back home. But it was also difficult for you. You might yeah. have been difficult, but it was also difficult for you, huh? Yeah. But, all right, we'll talk about that more too. Let's see. Stuck in a system. I'm in prison. Gave his life to Christ. Now a Christian. You feel like nobody – Spent time in prison, gave his heart to the Lord. Now mm-hmm. he's a Christian. So how TDCJ? long? CJ. How long did you spend? Five years, from Five twenty years. to twenty-five. Okay, and then you gave your heart to the Lord in, while in prison. Three years into my sentence, yeah. Okay, all right. You still a Christian? Still am. All right, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Uh, you feel like nobody, nobody feels you. You. Nobody you. knows what you've been through. Well, Cody has been where you are. You heard me, so remember that you are worthy. Okay. So, so uh, you feel like nobody gets you. That that that's something that we run into out here a lot. Yeah, you know because people think we don't know where they've been. I I even was talking to somebody on the phone in prison. Well, they see you now, and, and then they're <laughs> like, "You don't know how it was." And they you know, and, it is for and me. They, yeah. and they literally told me, "You don't know what's going on in here right now during the lockdown." Mm-hmm. And I've been out seventeen and a half years, and so. I still, but I still remember, you know, yeah. what it was like in there. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, uh, but but how how do you relate to people? Like, in what way do you relate to people? Yeah, you know, mostly the things that uh, growing up, how I grew up, things I went through, drugs, alcohol, dysfunction, um, addiction. Um, you know, and it as far as the whole thing of being worthy, that's what kept me from. From ever wanting to change my life because I'm like I'm born into this. It's okay, just how and that's it's was, always going to be. And that was the last question I had about the podcast trailer. Is you know is is why why did you choose worthy people? Right. Yeah. Of course, the name is a name that God gave me, but that's what kept me from coming to Christ. People would man, you don't know where I come from, how I grew up, with my family. Wait, you saying it kept you from coming to Christ? It kept me from. I was like, man, I'm I was born into this. This family we. We we don't we're not any different than this, you know. This is just our life. We live in addiction. We yeah. go in and out of prison, and I mean, this is just my life. And and I'm really not worth anything better than that, you know. This and is so you felt that you weren't even worthy to be a Christian. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think I was worthy even of God's love. You mm. know, they talk mm. about God loving me, forgiving me, and I'm like, man, that's for people you know that come from good families. Right. That's not, you know, that's not for someone like me. Man, okay. Well, thank you for walking us through yeah. that trailer. And whoever did that trailer uh, is amazing. They did yeah. that. Um, I could hear you in the background too. Beatbo- no. <laughs> was that you beatboxing? No. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. No, 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 that wasn't. I can't take any credit as as far as yeah. Somebody else wrote it, put it together, sent it back, and uh, you know, of course, I told him a little bit about my life, and yeah. He came up with that, and I was like, "Man, that's good. First take. Let's roll with that." that he did, good. man. He did so good. And yeah. you know, the guy that did our uh, our intro, you know, uh, Joey Yak. He was a he was a former. He traveled with Nelly, and he traveled with all. And then when he got saved, you know, he's like, "God, what do I do with all this music stuff that you've given me?" And all this talent, and, yeah. and God started using him in different ways. You know, intros, outros, walk up music for conferences, and and so when I met him, uh, he he said he said, "Man, let me let me." Let me try to do your intro, and I yeah. and I wrote it, and I paid him for just doing ad libs and like yeah yeah and all that stuff and just producing the music and the content that I wrote. He said, "Man, because of because of what you do, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the higher version, the where I'm gonna write a little write a little you know verse for you. Yeah, and then that's where you hear. You know, the I whole, like those yeah. intro. You got the rocker side, I got the rap side. <laughs> so uh I like all kinds of music though. Well man, I am so glad you're here. Uh yeah. you have been a, a really good friend ever since I, I I guess did Yuri kind of introduce us? Yeah, I was talking to my wife and I was like, Man, I can't even trace back how did I even meet Jay Dan and yes, I Yuri think it was Yuri. Uh, Crypto Christ uh, yeah. podcast. Y'all check yeah. it, check his stuff out. He's yeah, going to be coming sure. on. He's going to be coming on uh, during the holidays. Oh, we wow. got a special surprise with him. I'm just yeah. I'm teasing it right now. <laughs> I want to give it away. Yeah, we love. Yeah, we but, love uh, Yuri. But he's going to be coming on, and we're going to do a special uh, episode. He's already been on our audio podcast. Yeah. So he's not coming on to share his story. So, uh, but he's gonna he's gonna come on, and and he's doing something. We, we got a special thing. It's pretty cool. I'll tell Man. you off air. <laughs> yeah, so Yuri, yeah, Yuri, he told me about you, and man, I think I texted and called you, and we finally. Oh, that's you know, right, you did. We finally, you, uh, you were like trying to up. get me on the schedule, like, and I told you I didn't have any time. Yeah, and that we were trying to plan on something like a month down the road, two months down the road, or whatever. And then I just felt like the Lord was saying to me, "You're going to the Kyle unit Thursday night." Ask him, by San Antonio. ask him if he's got any, uh, you know, time on, on, on Friday morning. And I didn't think you would, but yeah. you did. You made time for me, bro. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that, that's, what's been cool about this whole relationship with me and you is that from the beginning, even though I didn't have time, I, I made, God made me make yeah. time for you. And I, and I'm glad he did. But even with my asking you, my making time for you on Friday morning instead of coming back Thursday night like I normally would, uh, in my making time for you, then you cleared your schedule Friday morning to make time for me, yeah. and uh, and ever since then it's just been a, it's been a cool friendship. It's been cool getting to know you. Um, well, to, well, to tell you this is that you know Jaden is like you're really somebody that I look up to. To uh, you know, yeah, we we've, we've got a podcast stuff like that. Um, but I mean, you, you've been out, you know, longer, you've got the forgive, forgiven felons transitional house. Um, and, and so I look up to you as someone who kind of paved the way, I mean, on the podcast, on the securest tablets, I mean, you are one of the first, um, podcasts. And so, uh, you're the trailblazer, so to speak. And I told my wife, I said, man, you know, Jaden is someone that I look up to, and um, aspire to 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 be, you know, in ministry. And we just transitioned from church to full time prison ministry. But this is something you've been doing, you know, for a long time. So you don't know this, what I'm going to tell you. But you, God used you when I met you to help confirm and pave the path mm. that we are now on. Wow! Because when you came on to to the Worthy People Audio Podcast before we were on Panda. Um, you came to the church, right? Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah. we had our, yep. our studio. And um, God had been speaking to me about making this transition for like a year, and I really hadn't seen it done. Meeting you and seeing someone who's done this successfully, um, and, you know, I was kind of fanboying because I was like, <laughs> you are on TV, you're on uh, the Huckabee Show on Fox News. And so anytime I say Jay Dan, they're like, oh, forget. I was like, man, he was on Huckabee Show. <laughs> He was on TV. They're like, "Oh man, he's he's doing something. And uh, of course, the guests that you've had on, you've you've really had some high 
level people. We've been blessed. Uh, yeah, and, and and it's not just to to you know even pump up the guest, but a lot of times the people that want to listen, they want to hear from someone who who's successful, been successful, uh, speak on it. You know, yeah. so um, man, you like I said, you you've been doing this so much longer than I have. And I, f- I feel like I'm just getting started, and um, so you may not realize this, but you're someone you know that I respect and I look up to, and and I love what what you guys are doing. People write us, and they're like, "Man, I'm getting out. Where to, where can I go?" And I'm like, "Well, I know a place." There you go. <laughs> right, right. Uh, J. Dan for giving yeah. felons, and uh, if you you know if you're in the Texas area, of course you get a lot of letters, you know, to people out of state. So uh, yeah, we've uh, got we've got some that are that are definitely. Um, dead set on coming here from Missouri, uh, one from Arizona, and uh, and one from Florida. And um, you know, I I tell them it's better to wait till they're off parole. And so some of them can do that. Some of them are going to be on parole for a while, so they're going to try interstate compact. But uh, we've taken somebody from Nebraska before, you know, and um, you know, but it it is easier if they wait till they're off parole, then they could just move here. So, and that's just to speak to. How much respect you know that people have not only of you but of the fact that uh, you have, like we talked about in the song. Um, you, you know, I'm saying it in my song. I have been where you are. Yeah. I've been in the prison. I've been in the cell. I've been in the lockup, and you have too. And and people respect that because they know, hey, if I'm gonna, if I do want to do this thing successfully, you know, um, like you have, it's like. I want to learn from someone who's been there. Right. And, um, yeah, that's that's a good thing for anyone watching and getting out is uh, find someone that's been successful, yeah. you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and stayed out. So before yeah. we get into your story, man, uh, you know, we're recording this uh, mid-September. Mm-hmm. It'll air late September. But right now, the whole system-wide state, uh, prisons, private prisons have been in the middle of a, a system wide lockdown and, and it's a hard lockdown. Most, most units have just had staff come in and do everything. They're not calling uh special essential inmates out to, 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 to do kitchen stuff. None of that. Oh, They're actually having that. staff do, do that on most units. There's been a, there's been a few, uh, you know, maintenance workers that are pulled out if the AC, in, or if the AC in the warden's office goes down <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Uh, but for the most part, they've, it's been a hard lockdown and, um, you know, and now we're, we're, we're September 15th and we just got an update yesterday. They're, they're sending updates on the website every day at noon to say which, which units have been released and, and gone back to normal. And there's probably, I want to say maybe 25 or 30 that have already come back off of lockdown and, uh, under normal, so um, yeah, so, we know about lockdown. Peanut yeah. butter sandwiches oh, three times a day, no Ooh. showers. <laughs> you know, though, I, I will say this, man: the three years that I was in, not one time did I did I ever do the annual shakedown uh, in the middle of the summer heat. You know, now 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 it's cool, and we prayed last week when it started. Last week when it started, last Friday, a week ago, Friday, September eighth, record heat here in Texas, one hundred nine. Mm. Record heat broke it by four degrees, and 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 that's what they're locked down in the middle of. And so we prayed. Me and my daughter were prayed for cooler weather. And then now all this week it's been in the eighties, and so we we thank God for for that. 
So, yeah. um, you know, hey, uh, give the men, look at this camera right here and give the men a uh, and the women a special message, you know, for the ones that are still in lockdown right now yeah. at the end of September. There's going to be some units that will will probably be on lockdown for a couple months. Yeah. So uh, just give the ones that are still in lockdown, man, a special message uh, just to hang in there. Yeah, those on lockdown and and um, even those that are always on lockdown in seg situations or yeah. medium custody or even beyond the state of Texas, um, you know, just be able to use this time uh, to rest. Every yeah. lockdown, I did that. Um, it's a quiet time, and it can be a privileged time to get along with the Lord. Um, everything slowed down. Um, you're right there. And so I know you have your tablet and you have access to movies, and those are cool. Um, but what's going to change you uh, and help you through that time, give you peace, um, is getting along with God. So uh, get, in, get in your Word. Get in that Bible. There's nothing like that that paper um, you know, it doesn't need a battery to, to stay on. So get a, get connected to God during this time so that when you're off this lockdown or you're out of SEG or you're out of G5 or G4, uh, I know G5 can't watch this, but um, whatever situation you're in, you're that way better. Every setback can really be a setup um, for True. God to do something. There, and during the lockdown, during COVID lockdown here on the outside, we were locked down for like six months in the house, and uh, it took that lockdown, and it, it, it pushed me and pivoted me into yeah. what I'm doing today because when it got quiet and it wasn't always the hustle, bustle, busy, I was able to hear the still, small voice of yeah. God direct me. And so I just encourage you, use this time uh, to get connected, get plugged in with, with God um, that's, that's so that's so good. And you know what's neat is as I used the lockdowns as a measurement for where I was. You know, um, I didn't experience a lockdown until I went to SEG, came out of SEG, and turned my life around. And then my first lockdown was shortly after that. Yeah. And I was hiding everything. I was like, Sally, how do I hide this? How do I hide that? I had so much contraband. But then the very last lockdown that I went through, March of 2006, at the end of March 2006, um, my Sally looked at me and said, hey, you know what's different about this lock? Because me and him had done four together, you know, because I was on the lockout unit for a year and nine months. So we were, that was number four that we'd done together. He goes, he goes, Hey, Sally, he goes, you know, what's weird about this lockdown? And I said, no, what? He goes, you ain't asked me to help you hide one thing. <laughs> and then yeah. I started looking back at every lockdown and we remembered. he's like, remember this lockdown, you wanted to hide this and that and this. And then the lockdown after that, you wanted me to hide this and this. And then last lockdown, you want me to hide this. Did you hear the pattern? Mm -hmm. It went from three, two, one yeah. to nothing. Yeah. And that's when shortly after that, I got my short way back and God let me go because I had nothing more to hide. You became free, you know. So of the those lockdown, things, yeah. each lockdown, I got a little more free, a little less to hide, a little more transparent, yeah. you know. And so, so let, let this time, man. And, and hopefully that you guys that are already off lockdown use that time that week. Yeah. Some of you only had a week, some of you had, you know, more longer. But hopefully you use that, that that time to really, really draw, like you said, draw close to God. So, um, all right, man. Well, here's here's what I want to do, man. Um, let's talk about you for a little bit. Let's talk about let's talk about you now. I mean, you got yeah. the podcast. You're on video now. Yeah. Uh, you did phase the church out, but you're not you're not stopped going to church. You're still yeah. in church. You're still connected to a church. So tell us who you're connected with. You're also an entrepreneur. Yeah. You don't talk about it on your own show, 
Yeah. You probably don't want to toot your own horn, but you're on my show now. Yeah. And you're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur and y'all got things going on and people need to hear that they can do that same thing too. So talk about, you know, your church now, where you going, uh, talk about prison ministry, what you're doing, what you got coming up after the lockdowns are over. And, uh, and just tell us, tell us about yourself, man, honor your, honor your wife as well. Yeah. Yeah. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to say one more thing earlier when you were, when you were tooting my horn, thank you for all the kind words you said, you did say something like you, 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 that I was somebody you wanted to aspire to be like, Oh no. So I'm just, I I got, I got this Jersey. I want you to wear. Oh no. I got this Jersey. I want you to wear since you want to aspire to be like me. But you did. You did. I'll say, wear the Steelers jersey where it says the Cowboys <laughs> beat them in their last soup. But you know Super what? Bowl, though, uh, that to, the Cowboys to, won. To be fair, you full disclosure. You did say aspire to be like in ministry. So you did clarify. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did, words matter. <laughs> words matter. <laughs> words matter. So go ahead, man. Tell yeah. us. Yeah. So to tell you a little bit, I mean, so where I am now, I've been home for ten years. Um, I got out July wait, wait. 2013. That deserves applause. Okay. 10 years. You've been ten out 10 years. years. 10 years. A decade. Cody. Man, that's awesome, A decade. Bro. So I'm like, because I did my Cody. sentence twice on the outside now. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah. Cody, I mean, nationally, almost, almost 80% yeah. said you should have been, statistics show you should have been back within yeah. three years. And you're and not. I would have. And you're not. So- all right, ten years. Go ahead. I, won't I would have, anymore. but the reason why I'm not is because I'm forgiven. Amen. Forgiven Amen. felon. Amen. And um, man, so yeah, I've been out for ten years now. Uh, you you are right as far as when it comes to business entrepreneurship. Um, it's something when I go into a prison that I'll go into details more with. Um, early on, as far as I think, telling a lot of that testimony. Um, of entrepreneurship, business, money, um, people got the wrong idea and would like hit me up for for money. And uh, what they don't know is is stepping into ministry. God told me to to you know pretty much walk away from it, um, walk away from the money to to pursue Him. And so it's like, no, I'm broke now. I can't send you no money. But, but you uh, know what? A lot of people don't understand either. Yeah. Is that just because you're a business owner? Uh, it doesn't it, mean you're rich. Doesn't mean you have a lot of cash flow yeah. because I mean, sometimes business owners are putting the money that they make back into the business, which means mm-hmm. they don't really have extra money to spend disposable income yeah. right then. But people just have that perception of, oh, you got a business, you got this, you got that. Let me let me break break me off some. Yeah, I mean, coming home, speaking to the business part because I know that there are so many people uh, in prisons that are. Entrepreneurs, they want to start their own business. They want to do something, and they're wondering if they can, if they can be successful. You know, whenever I came out, I was just trying to get a job. You know, and every time they said check the box, um, if you're if you've got a felony, you know, immediately I felt less than. I feel like, man, I'm not going to get the job. Um, but I would always pray, hey God, give me favor, give me grace, and and I remember working uh, one of my first jobs in San Antonio at a production plant making cabinets, and um, I had left that weekend to take a friend of mine that was in prison still. Um, a friend of his wanted to visit him, and it was like four hour trip. So I said, I'll take you. It hadn't been two years for me to be able to visit, um, and so I took him, and I came back. Uh, you know, it was an all-day trip. 
went back to work Monday morning and um, there were 1,200 people outside the gate and they had the news and everybody there. Wow. I was like, what's going on? They're like, it's shut down. And this is at Thanksgiving, right at mm. the holidays. And so God used that to prepare me in, into, uh, I was like, God, why why could you, this let, you let this happen, right? And, um, and But God used that situation as a setup to, um, you know, I prayed about what to do. And God said, you know, start cleaning offices. Mm. So I think I had 200 bucks and um, I went and got a, a vacuum it's a funny story with the vacuum store because they had a 1980 model uh, vacuum cleaner for a hundred bucks, and they did five payments of twenty. And I gave him twenty dollars. Wow! Somebody in the church they had a Sam's Club membership. I said, yeah. "Can I borrow your card?" And I went in and bought a mop bucket, some cleaner, wow. and just went knocking on doors. I'd never Man. cleaned offices. I never knew anything about business. I just you know, man, let me just do this to try yeah. to get some work, just to try to pay the rent. And um, I was in uh, four other guys from church. We all got a house, and we two hundred bucks a month paid the rent, paid the utilities. And um, I was just trying to get that two hundred bucks. And um, I went into a place. They said, "How much will you charge me to clean it?" I walked through, and I was like, hundred bucks," you know. And that was ten years ago, and it was a pool store. And uh, they're still uh, customers of us to of ours to this day, and knowing now how to bid places, they should have been paying like forty bucks. It was a small place, but they still pay a hundred dollars a week. Oh wow! I was going to ask you if, yeah. if if you actually would have charged them more now than no, than you yeah. Back then. So you overcharged. Them. I overcharged them, but the you know that everybody would say, I would say, well, what, why, why do you want to go with us? And they said, well, you know, we just like you or your personality. So I knew it wasn't bragging on me, but I knew God was giving me grace and favor with yeah. it. And so the first year of the cleaning business, um, we did uh, $1.2 million. <sighs> yeah, $1.2 million and How uh, many the, people? The, uh, How many the first people? year we had close to 30 employees. Wow. Okay, so, so do, wait a minute. Yeah. So how did you go from nothing, you, by yourself, knocking on doors, by the end of the first year having 30 people? Yeah. Really, I just post Craigslist ads. Really? Put something online, telling people that I was hiring. And then once you find some good people, they'll start telling their friends. They'll start to, you know, yeah, telling yeah, yeah. their family. And did you already know Did uh, you were married to Julie at this point? No. No, this is by yourself. Well, in the first, uh, I was out ten months when we got married, so I met her in the first year. Okay, but it, in our first year of marriage, she still worked her job, so she was an accountant for a car dealership. So did okay, so she's an accountant, but she wasn't there in the first year of you. So you did all the accounting yourself. Did you have somebody do it? Was it I was did. it confusing? QuickBooks. <laughs> was it so you already knew how to run QuickBooks? And I all didn't. That? I just watched YouTube videos. So you jumped in. And they were like, just, "Hey, can you come strip and wax these floors?" And I'd go to YouTube. I, I tell people I got a degree from UTU, yes, you know, YouTube, YouTube University. <laughs> and um, I learned how to strip and wax floors. By the way, thank you to all, all you thank you to all you YouTubers <laughs> who make videos that help us learn how to do yeah. things. I've replaced so many parts on my cars over the years because some some little person, mostly rednecks, some little person did a video. I'm tell you how to fix your car. Yeah. I'm here right I'm gonna tell you right here. Hey, you take this thing here and take this tool here and take but so many people yeah. have made YouTube videos that have helped all of us out so much. So, okay, so man, wow, keep going. 
Yeah, so, you know, that's a lot of things I didn't know, but I was going to church at the same time, and I remember one of my good friends in the church told me, you know what, Cody, this whole cleaning business thing's never going to work because you don't know what you're doing. You just were in prison. You don't have the experience. You've never had a company. You should just get a, a, a normal job like everybody else. And and I told him, I said, I'm standing on God's word. I said, King David, he, he wrote in Psalms that everything I put my hand to is going to prosper. So I actually would start my day and say, God, you said everything I put my hand to is going to prosper. So I thank you by faith because Jesus said, when you pray, pray that you receive these things and you shall have them. So I just stood on faith, you know, and people in the in the in the church world made fun of me. Well, mm. look at him. He mm. thinks he's going to be some big time business person. like you know. And so I tell people, like, you got to have a strong enough relationship with God to know what he says, to not let all that stuff even come against you, even from people you feel like that mean well or in the church. But that was one of my biggest things is like, is this going to be, be able to work? And and um, I remember a, a church called me, and um, and I told them I went in there, and I told them that I was ended up telling them I was a Christian, all this stuff, stuff. And immediately they wanted, hey, you send us a bid, things like that. And um, it was twelve thousand dollar a month. It was my largest contract, you know, wow. big mega church in San Antonio. And so that was one of my big ones. So I started hiring people. People started getting out of prison. Uh, Christian brothers that I had in prison, I started giving them jobs. That doesn't always go well. Uh, I learned it, that it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I learned mean, that the hard way. You got to be open minded and let let her, give everybody a chance. But then there's some people that are not not ready for that chance. Not ready. So our second year, uh, so we did 1.2 the first year. We did 2.5 million the second year, and so we expanded to Austin. We opened up an Austin location, and I just started hiring people. So and this the, is all within two years out of prison. Two years out of prison, and so. I mean, it just, I never dreamed of, and I went to the vacuum store and now I buy vacuums that are $400 a piece. And I tell him, Hey, I need eight vacuums. And it's the same guy to this day, still there at Powell Vacuum in San Antonio. Anybody asking about Cody? So, tell you're, you, so your cleaning company still exists today? Yeah, it still exists. Now during COVID, it, a bunch of stuff shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it, pretty much went under you know we went from having like 300 contracts down to 30 and so we've just pretty much maintained those um that we've had for years we've got the set people they've been with us for years just going and doing it and that that's really what kind of helps keep you know us afloat the ministry afloat yeah. today and you know what but we're not gaining it or we're not you know going after new clients and, yeah. and all that well like we and then to. now post-covid I mean, with the whole work from home, and there's so many offices that, I mean, you drive by buildings, and you see nobody's renting them anymore, you know? I mean, so many empty office spaces, and it's and it's crazy uh, what COVID did for yeah. that, because now it's like, you know, well, there's not hardly any office space well, we to clean anymore. we had seven people working for us in the office, and they all went to working from home, so... You know, in that time, uh, of course, everybody sees the dollar signs. And, yeah, I had a new truck. My wife and I got to take trips, and and um, we were, you know, blessed financially. And, ble- you know, we still stayed connected to, 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 to church. and um, But people don't realize the responsibility that comes with those things. And so, yeah, I've had hardships. I, I hired a whole family and the whole 
family after a year of uh, about, there were about 11 of them, um, got together and filed a class action lawsuit against us, you know, behind pay, um, overtime pay, and wow. we had to get attorneys and settle. So, you know, I've been sued twice. I've, you know, I've had people. That, uh, people don't people don't see that. Yeah, they don't see the <laughs> they behind don't the see scenes. That, that stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, I've had people that I hired out of prison, and uh, as soon as I try to tell them, hey, I need you to do do it this way or whatever, they they want to fight me or get in my face. I'm a grown man. What you said to me? What you said to me? What's up, man? And so uh, my wife has had to break up many a, a fight in yeah. a building trying to work with someone, and um, it, it's just no one sees that side. So yeah, we've been through a lot of challenges, you know. But I'm here to say, you know, God's seen us through them all. But it's not always been roses and and, and rainbows. The first yeah. two years of working, I mean, I worked on my birthday, JD, and I worked on Christmas, the Super Bowl. I was listening to it on my headphones while I was wow. cleaning and vacuuming, you know, and so. For the first two years, I really had no life, and so it, you people look now, you know, or they would come later on in the story, and it's like you don't realize the sacrifice. Yeah, and this is for anyone who's going to get out is that you know you you're going to have to you know put the work in. Grind. They don't see the grind. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody wants it. Everybody wants it so quick, and they don't they don't see the grind. They don't understand the grind, and uh, you know the 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 phrase owner operator. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make much sense to people right now. They want to own the business and let somebody else run it, yeah. and they don't want to do anything with it. They just want to own it. They don't want to operate it. And, and uh, back in the day, though, it's, it was all owner-operator, you know? I mean, so. I got to give credit, you know, to my wife on here, too, because she ended up coming and doing the books, and she ended up cleaning. You know, in the beginning, we would be out cleaning. We'd start cleaning at 5 o'clock in the evening, you know, when business is closed, to 6 in the morning, and then my first sales calls to go out to get new clients would start at 10 a.m. So by the time we got home, showered, and so I lay down two hours, and I had to be at my first appointment. I had a 10. I had a noon. I had a 2. And so, yeah, sleep, you know. <laughs> what? You know, um, it, it was a lot. And my wife was there, you know, with me as far as through through everything, as far as getting going. So, you know, God's not a respecter of persons. What he, you know, in His Word, He says, "What He's done for one, He'll do for another." Right. So, I tell people, yeah, I have that dream, be an entrepreneur, you know. But you got to have, uh, you got to have God in the mix. If your drive is money, I tell people, J. Dan, is that I never tried to become like a millionaire with the business. I just was trying to pay the rent. But you know, uh, my favorite scripture, and when I first got saved, um, uh, a guy in Kairos prison ministry, one of the guys that came in, he, he gave me this scripture, and it's Ephesians 3.20. And I loved it, and I was like, how can I remember this? And um, I remembered 4.20, we day, Bob Marley's yep, birthday, yep. and I just subtract one, and there's my scripture. So that's how I remembered Ephesians 3.20, but it says, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. And most people stop there, like, God, he can do so much we can ask or think. But it, the verse goes on to say, according to the power right. that works within you, your Jesus said, by your faith, let it be done. And so, you know, what it, what it, me, I, I believe that I had the faith, you know, I had the faith that God could do anything. And so my applications, when people would come in to get a job, we ended up uh, at the height of the company having over 75 employees. 
And um, I had a box check here if you're not a felon. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's right. That's we're not right. hiring you unless you're a felon. <laughs> I, I, I have a dream one 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 time. Uh, I have a dream to own some land and have a subdivision with just houses and only let people who have been impacted by incarceration in their family live in the subdivision. So we will discriminate, but uh, (laughs) just against people who have clean records, you know. Can I tell you something else, Shay Dan, is that you asked me what we're doing now um, and where we are now as far as we had Worthy People Church. um, And so I did full-time pastoring for three years. Um, and that was a journey. Ooh, um, bless your heart, man. That's, that's tough. <laughs> it, it was a blessing, but I really didn't understand just how much a, a pastor goes through, how many hats you got to wear to just run a church and a ministry. And, and, um, and, and so, it, you know, we did that for three years and I started going into more and more prisons and more prisons started requesting us to come in. And it just got to a point where I was having to say no. You know, but I, I told God I, I like doing this more. I, I like going back into the prisons more and doing the services. And so I started praying, and and God said, you know, hey, uh, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to go into more prisons, and, and and I want you to do this full time. And it was at the beginning of the year when I told my wife, and she was like, what? Um, you know, <laughs> women they're not always down for the change. You know, they like the security, the consistency of yeah. like. She's like, what are we doing? And um, yeah, I, I just sometimes we fear the unknown, and right. I really didn't know what to do. And so you coming in the picture um, showed me someone who's successfully doing, you know, prison ministry. Yeah. And um, I thought, man, okay, this can this can be done. And um, and God used the church to open a lot of doors for us. Yeah. Um, you know, so I had a board, I had accountability, I had a pastor ordain me. I've been ordained twice in two different ministries, so um, I always believed in having accountability and and. and the way that we formed our um, nonprofit is that if I ever fall back into addiction, that they could vote me out. They could kick me out. And, and they asked me, do you want that choice? Do you want the choice to be kicked out of what you what God had you start? And I said, yeah, because it's not mine. It's God's. And so if I ever right. don't represent him properly, then I need to be out. And y'all need to get somebody else in here. And um and so I always had, and I'm thankful to the pastors and people that I have in my circle that are able to help me and counsel me. But, you know, you came in and, and showed me that, and, and it really was a confirmation to, to kind of push me out. And I, and I told you during that time, I said, hey, we're actually in the middle of this transition. But what you don't know is, this is a background check exclusive. <laughs> uh, what you don't know is, is that um, you gave me a call. And you said, hey, there's a church in San Antonio that's uh, interested in getting into prison ministry. And uh, they called me, and I I, I referred them to you. Um, they're in San Antonio, and you're in San Antonio. So I get this phone call from this guy, and he sets up a meeting. And he said, hey, we called Forgiven Felons. We talked to J. Dan. J. Dan referred you. We want to start prison ministry. But what you don't – maybe what you don't know is the church that called you – that then called me is the largest church in San Antonio. Oh wow, I did not know that. 18, I knew they were big. Five services, know, eighteen thousand wow. people a, a weekend. Wow! And so uh, CBC Community Bible Church, uh, Pastor Ed Newton, and uh, 
And so this kicked off all these meetings to then that would follow from that phone call. And I was praying, and, and the door that God opened is is that they want to start prison ministry, and they kind of want to help. They want us to help yeah. kind of guide them in the yeah. way. And they said, we're about two years off from that. And so there are people in the church that want to do prison ministry. So could you start like a, a mm. small group, prison wow. ministry small group, where people can join? And so all these doors begin to open. And now we've got a, a big event that it's a community Bible church worthy people collaboration. Man, and it's like unheard so of. Good. Only God connections, God doors. They found out about the cleaning, and they're like, can we get a bid? I'm telling you, if I got that bid, J-Dan, I'd be set for life. But you know, Well, you know what else, too, though? Because, I, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you know their bigger vision uh, of having that shopping center and all Champions the business. Plaza, yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're already kind of doing what they want to do, which is have have businesses that hire second-chance people. And yep. so, I, I mean, just the just that, that, that connection is just – I can't yep. wait to see what God – and now we go to church there. So we go to Man, church there, and they great. told me, hey, uh, you know, the pastor wants to meet you. Well, we went to church there three years before we started ministry. And so we got through all the security and went into his office two weeks ago. And he's like, hey, what's up? And he said, man, Cody, I thought you were a Latino. <laughs> he said, I saw a picture. He's like, I thought you are Latino. And I'm like, no, I'm a white guy like you. And my wife, uh, you know, she's a Latina. But, uh, you know, God, he said, hey, let me ask about your ministry. And he said, I go, are you all self-funded or you got someone back? We're self-funded. He told his assistant, get his info. He said, I want to help them. I want to do something. And so this kingdom connection it happened from a phone call mm, that you mm. got, that I got. And so we took our whole church, 30 people, Worthy People Church, to Community Bible Church. And now we're going to church there. Mm. They're getting plugged in to men's events, women's events, Celebrate Recovery, uh, You know, now doing prison ministry. We've got a collaboration Christian hip-hop event that we're doing, Bless wow. Fest, this weekend. And um, it's just... It's just crazy. It so now, my mind. so now, what's happening is is even though you're not the lead pastor, the people you were feeding, your flock is still getting fed. Mm -hmm. Okay, at the same time, at the same rate, and and even even in more uh, more broader ways, and you're able to do what your passion is now, which yeah. is prison ministry. And now you're going to have access to all the other people in that church that want to be involved as well. And so, and you know just, how I saw that that could be done is because you guys go to social Dallas with yep. pastor, pastor Robert. Yep. Yep. And uh, I know the people watching, they watch their services and stuff on Pando. Um, and so I saw that. I told my wife, I said, See, this is possible. We yeah. can take the people yep. to the church to do the ministry. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And, and, and we took social worship in into the Kyle unit and did a whole worship night. Mm. And so yeah, when, when you guys do that, that's going to be amazing. The guys just so many chains were broken, strongholds demolished that night through through praise and worship. Mm. And so and I know you guys have a great praise and worship team there too. So when you guys can get them to go in, and have a worship night at one of these units you normally go into, 
Uh, man, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be huge. powerful. So I'm a lot of ways where I am today because of my connection mm. with you and what God's done through that. So well, you know, I give him all the so cool. I give him all the glory and all the credit because you know when I was talking to that dude, uh, you know, uh, it was the Holy Spirit that said connect him with Cody, connect yeah. him with Cody. So you so don't know what that started. All all the <laughs> all the Holy Spirits. Um, you know, and if God wants to use me to connect other people, then then that's what I want to do, because uh, because it, that, that's what it's all about, man. I want to see you succeed, kingdom wise, entrepreneurship wise, everything. I want to see, I want to see worthy people, uh, podcasts succeed. I want to see everything succeed. So even though that connection, you know, a lot of people will 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 get a phone call from people and be annoyed uh, when they realize, okay, this is this is not a connection that I can benefit from. So let's just you know end it and then not do anything. And even though, uh, even though on the surface, me and that guy that called from community uh, aren't doing anything together, the things that God allowed me to say to him, plus the person that He allowed me to connect to you, which is you, um, I'm benefiting from watching that relationship unfold. Mm-hmm. And but a lot of people don't see that as a benefit; they see that as I didn't get anything out of it. And, and, and that's why, that's why, you know, you mentioned earlier about churches, you know, sometimes even churches are filled with people that, you know, don't want to take people in with a testimony or with a background unless it benefits them some way where they can exploit their story and look good as a church. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and I believe, you know, as we make those connections that we don't always benefit from, I mean, there was a time in my life and even your life to where we didn't care about benefiting anybody but yeah. ourselves. Yeah. But you know, God honors that and he sees that you're building his kingdom and if he can get it to you, he'll give it through you, you know, and so that's an attitude that 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 God continues to bless and we've got to be able to see and not always looking out for us, you know. Yeah. Well, so. you know, I believe that uh you know, I I was never called to have an actual regular prison ministry. Never was that ever once uh, my lane, um, but I've, I go into prisons a lot, and uh, sometimes uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit will just say, "Hey, try to try to go ask the chaplain if you can come to this unit." But now with Pando, you probably have the same problem. Uh, with Pando, <laughs> they're they're wanting you to come. Chaplains yeah. are calling, wardens. I got a warden. Lindsay State Jail is calling, you know, and uh, and I'm happy to go in. Uh, yeah. And some will say, "Hey, can you come in on a regular basis?" And I have to say no because my regular ministry is outside. When you get out, come live in the house, come fellowship at our events, come do whatever. That's where I want to, even if you're not even close, I want a guy that got out of Tucker, Arkansas prison, just called me. Uh, He'd been out a week. He said, hey, you know, I was here when you you came to Tucker and and spoke, and uh, I'm out now. And you said that we could go to the website and get your phone number off the website and call you. And so uh, here, here I am. I said, dude, and we talked. He'd only been out a week. He was at a halfway house. And and it's amazing. And I love yeah. that. Man, that's to me, when I tell people I still get drunk, I just switch bartenders. <laughs> you mean that's that's like doing a shot. That's like the the buzz I get from the shot yeah. of Jack Daniels. When I hear that, it's like, man, that's just incredible. Well, you're living incredible. out the mission that God gave you is helping people with the background realize the future. Yeah. You know, and so there he he's calling you because now he realizes his future and he wants to do something about it. You I want to go. I want us to go in together to a unit. 
That would be cool. Can we do I'd that? I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. I would love to, the worthy people and forgiven felons go in and yeah. and uh, and tag team and, and I don't know, just do do something. I tell people, man, no wonder, no matter what name you put on it, you can call us King Kong Ministries because, um, I mean, the Lord, he is, you know, King Kong. But, no, you can call us whatever. But, uh, you know, we're in there to lift up the name of Jesus. Right. I mean, right. that's what it's all about. You know, no matter what you call our, our podcast, our ministries, we're just trying to help people find freedom the same way that we did, you know. And and um, I don't know, I, I might be saying this as far as out of uh, order, but in prison, you know, I, I went into prison behind an addiction to methamphetamines. And while in prison, I still had an addiction going on. I still was getting yeah. high. I still, you know, let's let's just get into your background now, man. Uh, you yeah, started out young. You were born. You were born into yeah. addiction. And so uh, let's let's back up just a little bit before that, going into prison, which yeah. you just said, and let's lead lead back up to that. So yeah. so uh, you know when we know foster kid, foster parents. I mean, uh, we know foster system, foster care system. Born dead. Born dead. <laughs> we know all that, but like. Yeah, I mean, tell us what you what was going on in your mind and in your heart growing up as a kid, being bounced around and all that, and uh, and how did that impact your you know uh, trying to cope? I don't know if you were trying to cope with life and all that with with drugs, and yeah. how, when's the first time you got into it? And let's just talk about that now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm the youngest of of four boys, and my whole life, I always if the mother that I've known was always addicted. Um, to methamphetamine and crack cocaine. But um, when I was born in the hospital, born dead, my brother, uh, my my older brother, Chad, he was in the hospital at the same time. And um, he was a year old and he had never gotten to go home. And they told her not to have any more kids. So he had a lot of birth defects from the drugs. He had clubbed feet and all types of things. And so they had done about 10 surgeries on him, and they told her to never get pregnant again. So he's in the hospital, you know, trying to recover her last baby when she comes in, you know, and has me. I mean, well, he was in Shriners, and I was in Children's Medical. Um, so it wasn't like the same hospital, but he was still in the hospital. But, you know, fighting for his life, you know, and so it's just like she she repeated the same situation. Um, and so, you know, my, my grandmother who raised me said, Hey, look, I already got three, you know, I told you not to have any more. How'd you get pregnant? And so my dad, my uncle Randy was in prison, Texas prison behind DWI. And he lived to be about 56 years old, died of cirrhosis of the liver, Mm. 56. He did 32 years in prison off and on all behind DWIs. He meets my dad in prison. My dad, they both make parole around the same time. And he tells my dad, who was his his friend in prison, hey, um, come meet my sister, you know, and uh, I got someone I can introduce you to. So they meet in Dallas and uh, they go out clubbing and partying and stuff like that. And, um, you know, ended up as far as getting in a relationship, she got pregnant with me. And um, then fast forward, born, born dead. And so I was actually born out of a prison relationship. Mm. Um, that's how I was brought into this world. Wow. Um, wow. And so by the time I was born, my dad had gotten violated on parole and was back in prison, you know. Mm. And so I never got to see him. I never got to meet him. But, 
you know, um, it, so during that time, you know, my grandmother was upset, you know, but she, my mom almost died. And during that time, she had ruptured uterus, all this. By the she was in the hospital for a month. She was back out on the street smoking crack. Here I am mm. on life support. Wow. Her other son is still there. So they go in to do the 14th surgery to try to correct my my brother's clubbed feet. And they gave him too much of the, uh, um, what is it? The, they sedated him. Anesthesia. Uh, anesthesia. The anesthesia doctor gave him too high of a dose. Mm. And it killed him. So the hospital paid for his funeral and everything. And I got to go this past week and visit, you know, his grave. He's out there buried by my grandmother. Um, And it didn't hit me till last year at the cemetery that, man, I looked at his date that he died in July and I was born in April. And I'm like, I'm in there dying and my grandmother had to bury Mm, him. Like I never realized my grandmother went through all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it didn't hit me until just last year. And so – yeah, as far as my my grandmother, I mean, she she had to raise us all on our own, being in the projects, growing up, and and I think the projects was a gateway to start to see the life of addiction. Yeah, going to prisons at young age to go visit my uncle. Oh who yeah, did yeah, so yeah. much time doing visiting other families, and and somebody was always on a parole violation. So anytime we were in the car, it was see the cops. It was hide. The cops wow. were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or five, six years old. It's ingrained in my head that the cops and the red and blue cops lights are bad. Wow. are bad and we're the good guys, you know. And, and so, so when was the first time you experienced drugs, like you willfully th- did drugs? Uh, for the first time, I would say probably 10 years old, smoked weed. What was, yep. the, what was the scenario? Were you, were you by yourself, hiding no. from everybody with friends? Mm-hmm. What, were, what was the scenario? Yeah, so that uncle that I was telling you about, when I was five, we went on a camping trip, and he gave me a beer because there was no water. Wow. And I drank my first beer at five. What was your first beer? My grandma beer? got so mad. Do you remember your first beer? Whatever he drank all the time. I don't oh. even I think he drank natural light Pap's or something. Blue Ribbit or something, yeah. Keystone, uh, yeah. Keystone Light. Uh, a Keystone Ice, the black can, not even the blue can, but wow. something nasty, cheap, oh, you yeah. know. But that was my first beer, and then when I was with him and they were getting high, I opened the door, and they were getting high, and I was always taught, hey, get out of here, you yeah. know. And they were smoking weed, and he said, come on in and sit down. And I sat down, and he passed it to me, and I remember being like, man, I'm about to get in trouble if I hit this. This is You were test. 10? You were 10. Yeah. And, my, my daughter's 10. I cannot yeah. imagine, even in my drunken, wildest, smoking yeah. days, saying, come on in here and sit with me and do yeah. this. Wow. So my uncle thought it was funny. He he sat there, gave it to me, and they all laughed at the way I, that I would act. Yeah. And he went. we had a lab dog. He'd get that lab dog and blow it in its face, and it would act all crazy, too. And so they were watching me and the dog at the same time acting goofy. You know, and he was like, stay in here. I don't want your your grandma, which is his mom, uh, to see me, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, I remember as far as – but, yeah, there were needles growing up on the floor, on end tables, every room. There were spoons, needles, and, you know, bands to where they would tie tie their arm off to, to do a shot of, you know, usually methamphetamine, sometimes heroin. And so, you know, yeah, I, I started smoking cigarettes at six. That was hiding. I would steal the cigarettes, and you know I never inhaled, and um, but I just 
uh, you know, just puff and, you know, blow it out. But yeah, that was the first time. But, you know, getting into the foster care system, that kind of put a hard break on that, right. that, that yeah. stuff. And um, so me and my brother, we set the, the sheriff's house on fire. A new sheriff in town, he started messing with us. And so my brother's like, let's go. And he took the gasoline and I took the lighter. Well, we sat and watched. We hid behind a house and we saw his truck pull out of his driveway and leave. We were too far away. We didn't realize that it was just his wife leaving and he was still inside. We thought he was leaving when he left in the truck. And so we put my brother put gasoline around the house and I lit the match. It was winter. I had a big cowboy starter jacket on. See, that's what got me caught. You should have thrown that in the fire with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I had a big cowboy's the puffer, the puffy starter jacket. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. when you went to school, you wore and with your. And you teams. said that's what got you caught because they that's showed what, up on video or something or what? No, while well, I was running with it, and I couldn't run that fast <laughs> with, that jacket. with that jacket. Well, he as soon as he smelled smoke, you know, yeah. you couldn't even see any flames yet. Uh, he smelled smoke and came running out, and we were running down the street. And um, he went on foot. My brother got away, caught me. So they said, here's your, your choice. You can go to juvie, you know, uh, or, or you can go to the foster care system. So the judge seemed to think, hey, his grandmother is 80 years old. If these boys were in a normal home, you know, normal environment and, and healthy home, that they would do good, you know. And so – um, they said, look, we send you foster care, but you do something crazy, you're going to go to juvie. So first foster home, three nights in, my brother stole the foster parents' car, and they found him in Louisiana a few days later. Wow. So he went to TYC and got out when he was 17, and um, he joined a gang um, in while he was in TYC and was a totally different person whenever he came out. I stayed in foster care. And so during this time, they said, well, we need to terminate your parent rights. And, you know, this is something that's always been hard for me because, you know, they went to my mom, uh, caught her when well, she always worked at nursing homes. So they found the nursing home she was working at and they had the papers to terminate her rights. And then my caseworker told me, she said, I started telling your mom what the paper was for. I was couldn't even get my words out. And she said, grab the pen out of my hand and signed it and walked off. So, you know, I was the accident. My mom never wanted me, you know, almost literally killed her when I was born. And, you know, I would see her once a year with whatever boyfriend. She would come take us to McDonald's, buy us a Hot Wheel car, and she's gone again. And um, and so, you know, we would call her the B word and all that. She would look at my grandma and say, Mom, why are you teaching the kids to say bad things about me? And uh, she's like, I don't tell them any of that. You know, we were old enough to know, five, yeah, yeah, six yeah. years old, yeah. that she chose drugs over us, you know. And and so I stayed in the foster care system. But, I mean, I wasn't trying to listen. I had no discipline. Yeah. And went through 10 homes the first year until I got to a, an adopted home. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned that, um, you know, that you went into prison with an addiction. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, of course now that, you know, now I say now, even 10 years ago, um, K2 has been really prevalent in the, in the prisons. Yeah. So, uh, um, was too so, when I was there. <laughs> so what led you to, uh, your crime Yeah, that got you in prison and, uh, and then let's talk about prison a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I started, people say, uh, 
marijuana is a gateway drug, but I say alcohol is a gateway drug. Oh, huge. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I started drinking, which seemed normal. Um, so I was in my adopted home. It was kind of crazy. I got adopted by a Mennonite family, worked the farm, uh, was taken out of school um, at the fifth grade, never finished high school. Wasn't it, That wasn't an option to go to school, you know. Um, worked the farm, and uh, when I turned 18, I ran away with nothing but the clothes on my back, and I went back to my family and said, hey, I'm here, you know, and so they let me in with open arms and uh, started drinking. Um, from there, started pills, um, went and lived in Dallas for about six months with some friends, and everyone there, they did cocaine. And so, well, not everybody. There's about five of us that would sneak away from the beer parties yeah. and go do lines and uh, come back. And so, uh, you know, that ended up, you know, all falling apart in Dallas. I go back to my hometown and I told my cousin, I said, hey, here's a hundred bucks. I said, can you, you know, can you give me an eight ball of some Coke? And he left and he came back. And when he came back, I was like, what the heck is this? And he's like, it's, this is ice, meth, speed, you know. I was like, I don't know what that, I don't do this stuff. He's like, it's the same thing, you know, good job. But see, that was his choice of yeah. uh, drug. And so, you know, I went to the back room at my aunt's house and, you know, we got high and I went and laid down. And uh, after about an hour of tossing and turning, I came and knocked on his door. I said, man, I can't go to sleep. He's like, <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, you ain't going to sleep, you know. So, um, I had worked a little job. I had a little bit of money, had my car, you know, different things when I showed up. But then just that one time, that's all it took, and I got addicted. And so, you know, slowly just started going to the pawn shop, pawning every little thing yep. and giving him the money. It's a very familiar pattern. And um, then for about a month, <clears throat> we're going to this shady hotel. He goes in. I can't go in. I'm waiting in the car. So one day he's in there for like an hour. He comes out and weighs me in. I go in there. Well, the the dope dealer that's selling dope knew me from a kid. He used to date my mom. And he was like, man, Cody, I hadn't seen you since you were, you know, wow. little bitty. You're like four or five. And he said, uh, hey, come see me tomorrow. But you just come. And so then my cousin wanted to fight me once he found out because he's like, you're cutting me out. So I show up, and he was on a parole violation, and he was the old meth cook. He knew how to cook all the meth, taught me how to cook meth and red phosphorus and Sudafed and all that stuff. And um, so he said, hey, uh, don't deal with your cousin. He's screwing you over. Just come straight to me. So he spent a few weeks of me just hanging out, and, I mean, I loved hanging out. He was the dealer. I, I didn't really have to buy anything, you know. He just kept the dope going in rotation. And um, after about three weeks, he said, hey, he's like, I'm the biggest dope dealer in this town. He said, and they got a blue warrant on me. They're looking for me, and it's getting hot. He said, we're going to move, but I'm going to – he's like, I'm going to take you to Oak Cliff, <laughs> introduce you to my uh, supply, a guy named Peanut – and he's like, I'm going to go take you to meet Peanut and Oak Cliff. And so we made runs to Oak Cliff every single day. And, I mean, we were picking up during the week five, six ounces, up to ten ounces to mm. get through a Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. You know, so I got a chance at big money. And, see, when I was living in the projects as a kid, I saw the kids that have the newest shoes and had money like, oh, that's happiness. And so I always was chasing that, chasing right. that money. That's how I'm being an entrepreneur now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it legally, but yes. And so, 
you know, I thought that would buy my happiness. And, you know, we would we would make anywhere from eight ten thousand dollars a day. And I had that I, I saw that. And so he introduced me to everybody and he said, You don't call me, you call Cody. He's like, You're just from Dallas, you're a fresh face. The cops don't know you, they don't know your car. It'll take them a while to figure get on to you. And um just pretty much handed me the keys to this dope kingdom. And and I liked it. I was like, man, I'm in control. I got the money. I got the power. And uh, um, so, you know, going through that probably for close to a year, you know, I had people who loved me who didn't know where where I was. You know, I had people checking obituaries and calling funeral homes, calling hospitals. I just fell off the map, you know, and that's what addiction does to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so um, – I'd fell on some hard times, ended up going to get pulled over. We threw everything out the window as we were coming into town, outran the police. And so we went back to Peanut, and um, he's like, look, you know, um, I'm not going to give you a front. So I went back to my hometown, and I went to everybody, and I came up with about five grand. And I said, I'm going to give you more drugs back than the money you gave me. So they were willing, you know, some people gave me a thousand, some five hundred, hundred. I got everything I could from everybody, got five grand and um went down to Peanuts and that dude was gone. He lived in a mobile home and it was all cleared out. And so someone told me, I know somebody in Dallas and I went. I did not even know the guy really and I gave him the five thousand and 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 I was quick to get out of there because I didn't know this. I went to this apartment. So anyway, long story short is this was rock salt. I got back two hours later and we put it under a light, a black light. And I was like, oh, my God, I got all these people waiting outside for me to divide this up that if we gave me money. You were in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I, I lost all these people money and now they're after me. I don't know what to do. And. So I kind of went into hiding, and then we found out that this guy was going to be in town. Somebody told me he's coming into town. And so I got a few guys together as far as to jump him. So what I didn't know was is he had turned confidential informant, and he had had charges there, and he had come back with the plan to set me up to take me off the radar for coming after him. Cause he knew that I was looking for him. So it's, you know, it's all dirty, you know? And, um, and so anyway, we, we went, the guys that went with me, we ended up jumping him, ran, didn't get caught for any of that. Um, and it was probably, I'd say about a month after that, I was, I had a car that a lady had co-signed to help me back, you know, a couple years ago when I was sober and I'd stopped making the payments for like eight, eight, nine months. I hadn't made the payments on that car. It's funny how you're big dope dealer, but you can't even make your car payment. But, you know, um, and so she reported it stolen. And she knew she had people who worked for her. It's funny. I just had dinner with her on Monday night. I hadn't seen her in 15 <laughs> years. And uh, when they first heard that I was uh, had contacted them, my wife wanted me to contact them. I was too scared. But... You know, a lady who had helped me and knew me since I was five, and her husband said, when I heard that Cody called, 
I said, what did you say? And he, and he said, I told her, hide the keys. You know, like, <laughs> watch out. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.